Western and Southern Financial Group. Put our financial strength behind you. It's easy to get started. Visit westernsouthern.com. Now batting, number one in our hearts. At least he'd like to think so. It's the Jim Day Podcast. Oh, here we are again. It's another edition of the Jim Day Podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us, however you're listening, wherever you are right now. We're going to the dark side. As one Hall of Fame broadcaster used to say about the TV side was the dark side. Well, I'm going to reverse it and say we're going to the dark side. We're going to the radio side today. <laughs> I'm getting a chuckle from the guests. And that would be the, the Tommy Thrall. The big league side. We're going the, to the big the league side. side. The varsity side. We are going to the varsity level. We've just been called up to varsity. None of this small-time TV stuff. We're going to the radio booth with Reds play-by-play, man. Can I call you the voice of the Reds now? It really makes me uncomfortable. Why? I don't know, but it it really does. Uh, I mean, you can call me whatever you want, but I... And I do. (laughs) Trust me, you do. Yeah. Most of it probably not arable for this uh, forum, but... uh, yeah, I don't know. I've um, yeah, I I think part of it is the fact that I still look at at Marty as the voice of the Reds. Who? Yeah, some fella that was sitting in that chair for forty six years. What was his name? Marty. Ma- Marty, I believe. Oh, okay. Ma- Martin Fra- okay. Francis, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but um, no, that that's part of it. And then you know, it's not just me in there. It's Jeff too, or Chris. So yeah. You're the voice. It's 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 your gig now, man. Yeah, but it's 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 still it's still crazy to think about. Like it it yeah. I'm still waiting for it to hit me. To be honest. Well, how I mean, it's you know they'd say taking over for a legend is not easy. Because I mean, 46 years, you get used to one voice, and one way that he does the games, and it was as unique as it gets. That breed has died now. Not literally, figuratively. <laughs> so, you know, fans, it, that transition, it, it's just weird for fans after 46 years. So, did you have a plan going in about that? No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. No, I, um, I, I really think the biggest thing was just looking at it and saying, I'm not him, I'm not Marty, I, I can't be Marty, so... All I can be is me. Anytime you try to be somebody you're not, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, that is something that I struggled with for a long time coming up the ranks. I, I think that was the hardest thing for me to overcome was becoming myself as a broadcaster. I grew up listening to the same guy forever. I mean, it was. I grew up in Kansas City. I listened to Denny Matthews. Um, he's still there, and... It's just. Well, would it be weird for you to hear someone else calling a Kansas City Royals game? Yeah, I mean, the first time that's, I that's remember, what it's like. yeah, no, yeah. there's no question. So I, I understood what it was like for, yeah. for Reds fans. There's no no question, uh, but you can't get caught up in all that. But but you know, you grow up knowing what you want to do. You you listen uh, really carefully to to broadcast, and it's you, you get to a point where you can't just listen to the same broadcast all the time. You have to listen to others, and I. I listen to Marty and Joe and Marty and, and Jeff. Um, just, you know, once once it became available to where you could listen online, I would listen to all kinds of different broadcasts. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you find some that you really, really like. 
Uh, I would come home from games when I was in the Midwest League and, and turn on the Giants games because I loved listening to John Miller. But you listen to somebody too much, and, and you start to become not them in a way, but you, your your style almost replicates what they're doing. And you can't do that. You have to be your own person. So I guess I'm getting what I'm getting at is I it took me so long to just become who I am as a broadcaster, and it's it's really should be the same person as who I am off the air. I, I think if people listen to me, um, hopefully when they meet me in person, they'd be like, oh, that's the same guy. And and you don't want it to be somebody different. So yeah. that's all I knew how to be was just myself. And, um, you know, you get wrapped up in everything else and you're just going to, I mean, it could be paralyzing. So, yeah. Most people that are Royals fans that I know have a Denny Matthews impression because he's quite distinctive. Yeah. You got one? Yeah. Come on with it. <laughs> Come on with it. Uh, yeah, so that's actually, it's funny, that's how I got started. I was on the radio first time ever at 10 years old doing a Denny Matthews impression. So, what? Yeah, so th this is a wild story. So Denny Treese used to do the Royals TV games. His son was playing against my brother in a baseball game somewhere out in Kansas. And uh, I, I used to hang around the dugout and annoy everybody all my brother's teammates, and uh, I would announce the game from their dugout. I mean, they had to hate me. And I would do it in a Denny Matthews voice. So finally they're like, hey, Denny <laughs> Treese is up in the stands. You should go say hi. I thought they were just trying to get me out of the dugout. And sure enough, he was. And it took me probably five innings for me to finally go up there. First off, I sit down in front of him. I'm kind of looking back over my shoulder. I'm 10 years old at the time. <laughs> I am so nervous. And then finally I turn around and say, hi, I, I'm Tommy Thraw. It's Great to meet you. And, uh, and somehow I brought up that I do a Denny Matthews impression. Not that this guy would care. Um, and he goes, you know, I actually, that's pretty good. I actually have a radio show in Kansas City. Would you want to come on as a guest? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I went on uh, his show as, as a guest doing uh, my Denny Matthews impression. But, yeah, I, I, I do a Denny Matthews. Let's put you on the spot. Come on, oh. let's bring it. I uh, gotta come up with something. <laughs> he used to do this. Uh, the first pitch was always sponsored by uh, the parking spot. They're all over the country. Uh, let's see. Let's come up with a good, uh, good pitcher here. Uh, we'll do James Shields. Shields into the windup and the first pitch of the game on the way, and it's a called strike over the outside corner. First pitch, 7.05. It is 84 degrees. Official time and temperature brought to you by the parking spot. Easy to park, easy to spot. The parking spot at KCI. That is outstanding. <laughs> and for those that haven't, just Google him, YouTube, whatever. There's got to be plenty of Denny Matthews out there. That's outstanding. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's gotten a little rusty over the years because it's not as cool of a party trick here. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It's the audience, you got to cater to the audience. So yeah. That's what I mean by go listen to it. Maybe I'll drop in Denny Matthews here. Who knows? But uh, it, it, I had a buddy of mine, and his brother, I think, I think his brother was graduating high school. And I, I don't remember what the deal was, but I set up his voicemail on his phone as Denny Matthews. And he had so many people calling him, hear the voicemail, go, how did you get Denny Matthews to do your voice <laughs> voicemail? <laughs> That's beautiful. I love that. All right, Kansas City kid. Kansas, Kansas Missouri. City, Missouri. Missouri. I was on the Missouri side. See, there Big you go. That's why I was there. like, I was, I was wondering. I, I was fumbling there because I know there's a big distinction. Yeah. 
It's like, you know, sort of here. Are you northern Kentucky or are you in Cincinnati? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the difference there is it's all Kansas City. Right. You know, uh, yeah. but, but here, that took me a while to get used to is if you're from northern Kentucky, you're not from Cincinnati. You're from northern Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot that goes into that river. All right. You said uh, you just wanted to be yourself. So I will ask you this question. Who is Tommy Thrall? Well, I'm definitely somebody that doesn't take myself too seriously. I can promise you that. That's probably why we get along. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's a big reason. Uh, no, I just I, – I, I love the game of baseball. I've, I've always had um, this love of radio. And it was – when I was a kid <clears> – when I was a kid, this was a way to combine both of my passions. Um, you know, I like, I like to be outside. I, I, I just – I don't know. I – that's a very hard question to ask somebody. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, that's the, it's, it's the hardest one to ask. Um, it's like being in a job interview. Uh, describe your strengths and weaknesses. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we have enough time. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Just I, I love I love the game of baseball. Like I said, I, I I've always loved uh, radio. I might have might have actually fallen in love with radio first. Yeah. And then baseball after that, and uh, w- was really lucky to figure out what I wanted to do at a young age, and I have dedicated my life to trying to get to this point. And uh, it goes all the way back to to questions I would ask as a kid of of people that were doing it for a living. I mean, I asked Denny Matthews; I had a chance to meet him, and somewhat kept in touch with Did him. Did you do the impression for him? Oh yeah, I've had to do that a few times. That is terrifying for him. Paralyzing. <laughs> That's what a, was the reaction? That's a good story, actually. Um, well, come on with it. So we're um, when I was working for the team called the Kansas City T Bones. Our public address announcer had been a longtime Kansas City radio guy. He did news for a long time, so he knew a lot of the people involved with the Royals. He takes me up to have lunch in the stadium, basically like our cafeteria, the press dining, yeah. with one of the former Royals announcers, Fred White. And his name was Randy Birch, and Randy goes, "Tommy, you got to do your Denny impression for Fred." Th- those two were partners for 25 years, and I said, "Oh, okay, that's fine. It's Fred. That's easy enough." So I do it, and he goes, "Oh, that's that's really good. We got to take you into the booth so you can do that for the boys." <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! And I'm I'm like, "Well, this is early on in lunch, so I'm like, he'll forget by the time it, it gets around to it." No, lunch wraps up, and I'm talking we're. At this point, probably five minutes to first pitch, he takes me into the booth, introduces me to Denny and Ryan, and, and I had met both of them, but you know, you know how that goes. And uh, Fred goes, "Hey, Tommy here has a really good impression of you." <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, "Oh no, this is terrible. This is this is a guy I've looked up to. A lot of times, people take an impression as you know a little offensive, yeah, you know, kind of mocking, which is it was pure admiration." Um. But we are literally – this is how close to first pitch we were. They were in the last break before first pitch. So they're getting ready to start the game. And here I am, this I, – I don't know how old I was. I was maybe junior in college or whatever. And all I, I was so nervous. All I could muster was, and gone, Sweeney. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I was so nervous. <laughs> Ryan Lefevre looks back and goes, that may be the best Denny Matthews we have heard. I, I so badly wanted to say, all right, thanks, Ryan, and then 
because that's how he starts every game. Now for the play-by-players, the voice of the Royals, Denny Matthews. All right, thanks, Ryan. Royals and Twins today, and then he goes into it. But I was, I, I was so nervous. I was frozen up big time. Were you nervous opening day? What would it be? Last year, I guess. The years are they're blending together. Well, I can promise COVID you. Thing. I can promise you. I've been nervous for all three opening days I've been here, and they've all been uniquely different. Because uh, the first year, you know, I was Marty's filling, mo- just really doing the post game show yeah. and, and filling in. And you talk about feeling like a fish out of water. It's my first time in the big leagues, not having a clue ever where to go. I mean, everything <laughs> is new, so that's terrifying. Um, and then last year, with everything revolving around COVID, we're just so happy to have baseball. Sure, I was nervous, but I was nervous for a litany of reasons, and not the least of which was doing the game and, you know, that being, quote-unquote, my first year. But also, how is this going to be without fans? What's it going to be like? Are you still going to be able to have that same energy and excitement? And then this year, it's the first year with fans, even though it was, you know, what, what were we at, 20%, I think, to start the season around yeah. there. Um, but it was still nervous because this is the first time I'm doing an opening day broadcast with fans in the stands. Right. And hopefully next year, it'll be the first opening day with a packed house. Oh, so. <laughs> can't wait for that. We'll be Goodness. four for four that I will be terrified <laughs> to start the season. Well, filling in is, believe me, I, I've uh, – I've been there, and it's like uh, when I did fill in for Marty, which we want to talk about fish out of water. I mean, I didn't go through the ranks in the minor leagues of calling games. They just kind of threw me in there. <laughs> go get them. <laughs> go, yeah, and you're you're filling in for Marty. So, you know, when the broadcast would start, I, I literally, in my mind, I would think, okay, I introduced myself, and I could hear the collective groans across <laughs> Red's country. Where, where's Marty? Why is Jim Day calling the game? Where's Marty? I could hear those groans. So that was on a much smaller level. Yeah. Actually taking over for him and having the gig, that is, they always say you want to be the guy that follows the guy. Right. Or I got that yeah, right? Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. You have that right. Yeah. <laughs> but so I, I thought for sure I was I was the sacrificial lamb meat. in there in between. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think you're in there solidly. Um, you and Jeff uh, do a great job, and I think that you, you guys are already popular. But Cowboy makes it easy, does he not? He does. I mean, it, it, it's – I think about it a lot. I mean, I think it, it – things have gone um, – much better than I could have ever imagined, and, and he's why. And there is no question that he is the reason why. I could not ask for a better guy to work with. Uh, you, you talked about how well you and I get along. Jeff and I get along just as well. And, and I think it's, it's kind of the same, same reasons. We have the same passions. Jeff and I, well, and you, all love food. <laughs> we love to go out to eat. Uh, but we also have a genuine love for the game of baseball. And I, it it's fun because we don't always agree on everything with regards to the game, but I also like that. But more often than not, we do kind of see eye to eye yeah. with, with, with um, how we feel about different things and different elements with regards to the game. But I don't care how long you've been around this game. You're never going to know everything. Right. And especially as somebody that never played it at the highest level, let alone even the minor leagues. 
You're just not going to see the game the same way. And to have him there to bounce questions off of, regardless of how stupid you may sound or how mundane the question may be, you're going to get a really interesting, thoughtful answer in response. And it's so much fun to just sit there with him for nine innings a night and pick his brain. I love it. I think it's so fun. Nine innings a night, but what about nine innings during the day? Because he... (laughs) Nine innings during the day, you better you better make sure you got good sleep, got fresh coffee ready to go. Well, I mean, for Cowboy, and you're well prepared. He is not. He's, he's not gonna, a fan of the day no, games. No, 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 Jeff. In fact, Jeff, he would if you could start each game at 10 p.m. Eastern. Perfect. That, that's perfect for him. Right, this we love. <laughs> and me too. Me too. People yeah. ask, well, what time do you go to bed? Like, what, do you get up at like eight or nine o'clock in the morning? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not in bed before two. Yeah, that's, no that's, chance I'm that's the up. problem. Is like people are like, why you go to bed so late? Okay, and I'll ask them. There's weird noises going on in the stadium. Is that Casper? <laughs> I don't know what that is. See, I've gone to the dark side. This is the problem. <laughs> Born to the dark side, and now all of a sudden there's use the force, Luke. Uh, that sounds like a ghost. I don't know if they can pick that up on the mic, but if you can, it does sound like a ghost, and it's eerie. Anyways, oh, weird. Yeah. where the heck was I? <laughs> what was I talking I about? <laughs> oh. oh, okay. Get him early. Yeah. The, the schedule. I'll, I'll ask someone. I'll say, okay, well, what schedule do you work on? Like, they're like, I'm a nine-to-five guy, which is great. And I'm like, okay, do you go home and go to bed at 6 o'clock? Absolutely not. I'm like, okay, if we get home at 1130 midnight, we're wound up. We're off work. Yeah. You can't go right to bed. So it's it's tough. So you, you're kind of this vampire schedule. Yeah, and people don't realize that uh, there is, there's some adrenaline doing a live broadcast. There's night. no doubt about it. And, and there is. You have to have it yes. or you're done. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Yeah. And I remember specifically a game in Colorado uh, it was 2018. It was the Philip Irvin game where he just went off, and um, I want to say six, he had hits. six hits. Yeah, yeah it was and, and it was six hits. yeah, it was it was crazy. And the game itself was nuts. There was a long rain delay. I don't think we got back to the hotel till about two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and then there's a day game the next day. Oh, that's, that's and, the worst. And I remember thinking, well, I got to get to bed because game the next day. Yeah, and. and and, and that I, place will wear you out anyways. Well, Denver. no question. But I could not fall asleep. I mean, I was so wound up after that game. I mean, whoo. And I just couldn't fall asleep. Yeah. And I thought, woke up the next morning, terrible sleep. And I remember thinking, and I talked to David Bell about it the next morning during the, the manager's show. Can you put into words the adrenaline for a player and how hard it is to unwind after a game like that? Because it's if, if it's tough for me, yeah. imagine what it's like for those guys. Oh, yeah. And that's why no you, you cannot you cannot just go home and go to bed. You can't do it. I, yeah. I usually watch a movie or, you know, maybe, maybe have a cocktail, maybe pour a bourbon. <laughs> I know you're a bourbon guy. I was, wasn't going to reveal, but you you know you said bourbon. Reveal that there. Uh, you had mentioned food, and I can't go on without talking about you and I are legends in. <laughs> In the greater Phoenix area, <laughs> particularly for all the wrong reasons. For, was that? I guess the restaurant Goodyear. It's close enough. It's some Litchfield Park, maybe. I, yeah. I don't know. We went to sushi sushi restaurant, Asian cuisine. 
And we walked out legends. <laughs> did we not? No, we did. Anytime, anytime <laughs> you're sitting there eating and there's four servers standing around your table watching you eat in pure amazement, yeah. that's, that's not good. Sushi is one of those things that you normally don't see like a full table of. And we had so many plates on the table, they could barely fit them. And one of the servers actually said, I've never seen anyone eat that much here. I didn't think it was that <laughs> absorbent at the time. I think we what, ordered two or three rolls a piece, but there was one. The one, one that was roll. huge. I mean, it was, it was a big round plate. Sushi filled the plate. And then on top of it were these little, I don't, what are they called? Those little... Well, we thought it was a lobster roll, but they're the little <laughs> yeah. like crawfish lobster yeah. tail type things. Yeah. And they they filled it was a mound of these things on top of the roll. It was impressive. And there were none left when it was over. They said they've never Gone. seen anyone eat that much. <laughs> pretty embarrassed. So I realized it was time to get on a workout plan. I, it's literally I, I needed a wheelbarrow to get me out of there. It was it was unbelievable. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what else we had. I just remember that one well, plate. we ordered like an appetizer, too. I oh, think. that's so right. That was part of the problem. Yeah. And it all came out at the same time. Of course so it the, did. the table was just filled. Gluttonous I try not disasters. to eat as much now anymore. But those are the days. Yeah, when I'm I still was, full from that. I was porking out when I was up there in the LBs. Uh, trying to work on that as we speak, but. What is, I think people would um, like to know what a typical day is for you of preparation. Because most people, a lot of people think, like they're shocked when I tell, they're like, what time do you get to the ballpark? On a normal day pre-COVID and now we're kind of back to normal. I'm like, I don't know, 2 to 30 in the day. What? For a 7-10 game? Well, yeah, was, there's a lot going on. I think on TV you just, you know, press a magic button, but there's a ton that goes into it, and on your side as well. And you don't want to phone it in. Even your predecessor, Marty, the, what's his name again? Marty? M Marty. Marty, mm -hmm. yeah. okay. Uh, he would be the first of the ballpark a lot of times. Yeah. He Even clear to the end, he never mailed it in. So what is your day of prep like? What What do you do in, in detail? I was, first of all, that – that was one of the things that stood out to me the most watching Marty is how detail oriented he was right up to the end. I mean, even his yeah. last game, he's sitting there filling out all his notes on his in his scorebook and yeah, he could have easily mailed it in because right. just because he knows the game so right. much, just, just write in the yeah. names and and you know yeah. whatever you know it's all going to be stories for that last week anyway. Right. So what difference it make how many doubles a guy has in the last day of the year? So. Yep. That that always that will always stand out to me. All right, I hope you're enjoying our conversation with Tommy Thrall, and it will continue after this message from Western and Southern Financial Group. Congratulations, you found that special someone to spend the rest of your life with. You two will have lots of new adventures and some new responsibilities. So now's a good time to think about life insurance to help protect your new family. At Western and Southern Life, we translate what's complicated to help make life insurance simple. It's easy to get started. Connect with one of our financial representatives today at westernsouthern.com slash life. Compensated endorser, Western and Southern Life Insurance Company, Cincinnati, Ohio. I'll be honest with you. I think preparation is something that I really struggle with. Always have. Um, one, because I've never really understood how to 
truly prepare for a baseball game. Certainly more so when I was younger. I have a better idea now, but now I, I got such a late start at actually preparing that it's it's tough. Uh, it sounds ridiculous, but it, it's 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 really true. I mean, um, I think when I first got to the Southern League, other guys used to look at my scorecard and say that that's it. That's all you got on there is the names. Like you just you basically <laughs> filled out the lineup. That's it. <laughs> oh, I have where they're playing defensively. How about that? <laughs> um, but no, all kidding aside, I, I, I mean, I have ramped it up obviously since then, but, but it was, it was really while I was in the Southern league that I, I really dove in on preparation and, and really started to take it more seriously. And I, I, I get really embarrassed if there's information on a player that I, was at least not aware of in, in some way or another. Now, I don't get everything in. Uh, you know, one of the best pieces of advice I ever read is fill the briefcase, but don't feel like you have to empty it. And so for me, preparation goes back to the offseason. And you have a good idea of who the players are. So update your information on each player on every team that you're going to play. So that way, when you play them, you've got background information on everybody. And that's where the stories come in, you know. Um, this guy's grandpa played in the big leagues. Uh, he went to this school to be uh, a vet, you know, things like that. You know, that's, that's all, the, all that background information on players. That, most of that's done in the offseason. But then day-to-day, I'll get up. Uh, I watch a lot of MLB Central. Uh, I, I love it. I think it's an entertaining morning show, but it also keeps you up to date with what's going on around mm-hmm. baseball. Um, so I'll watch that while I have a cup of coffee in the morning. Morning or noon? Or, well, or... Late, late morning. <laughs> I say morning. It's like 1130. <laughs> the show starts at 10. I have to DVR it. <laughs> gotcha. So, um, but I'll watch that and then I'll go over some, you know, I'll read some articles about who we're playing. Try to Google as many articles as I can find. And yeah. like we're, we're doing this during the Rockies series. So I'll look up some articles on the Rockies. Um, and then once you get closer, it, it, I mean, the lineups come out at like two o'clock. So then you start writing in the lineups. I want batting average home runs, RBIs on my sheet, plus stolen bases, what for what, average with runners in scoring position, doubles, triples, all that's on there. And I try to put everybody's errors on there, catchers throwing statistics. So that's the score sheet alone. And that takes a little while. Um, mainly because I'm really slow at everything that I do. I mean, <laughs> I'm not winning any races on anything that's work-related at all. Um, so that takes that takes a little while, and then I'll, I'll read up on the starting pitcher, um, try to figure out who's hot for each team, because then I want to write notes down, uh, relevant notes on what guys are doing right now on, on my score sheet. Because, all like I said, all the background information, that's on my computer. I've got that. That's all. I click on their name. Boom, there's all their information. So what have they been doing? If a guy's on a hit streak, I want that in there. If a guy's cold, I want that on there. And then I write that next to their name and their stats on the score sheet. And hopefully by that point, we're ready for baseball. And I like to talk to the other broadcasters, too. Once we get back to traveling, what's going no, on? No, that's huge team? to learn that's, about the other team. That is imperative. essential, and, especially what's going on right at that moment. And we've missed that oh. big time. I don't have everybody's phone Believe numbers me, around the league. Know, some of the dark side's traveling. <laughs> the uh, TV guys, not so much yet. <laughs> you guys ever. will be there soon. I don't know. I hope. Which I it hope. just makes it tough. We anyway. miss you guys on the road. Yeah, I mean, sure you do. Yeah, we yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to me whine and cry. 
Like, I have anything to complain about. I talk for a living. I cover baseball. Just shut up. <laughs> okay? Shut up. Okay. But it is. But it, zip, it, it is zip. different. It's definitely different. Yeah, no doubt. Um, where are you on analytics? Because there's that fine line of the game is so built around analytics now. But most of the audience, I don't want to say doesn't understand it, but it's not like batting average. It's not like RBIs. Right. It's not like even average with runners in scoring position. The simple things that we've grown to to know and um, the, the fans are knowledgeable about. But when you're talking to OPS and OPS plus and BABIP, batting average, ball in play, and you know, all this stuff that whip and I mean, whip is not even deep analytical stuff, but where are you on analytics? Uh, you know, I try to have an understanding of it, but so that way you can have a decent idea of why, but you don't use it much on not the air. Really? No, because yeah. I, I just think that's a lot of that stuff. That's a little deeper is better served for TV. Cause it can be supported with a graphic yeah. and it, well, the people that care about analytics too, you don't need to tell them. No, they have a pretty good idea. They have a yeah. good idea. And <laughs> they, they know probably what's going have on. a phone or a tablet or a computer in front of them. Right. So they already know. So I don't, you don't know if you need to inform them about that. I, but not, I do think at some point we need to start teaching the layman fan what these stats, at least some of them. Yeah, but I think so many players of them, go by OPS. I ask players that are like, I don't even look at my average, man. I yeah. want to know what my OPS is. Yeah, but I, I think so much of it, too, is just how, how does it play on the radio? You know, that's what yeah. you have to kind of yeah. look at. And, and, and for me, a lot of those numbers, they might be more – you know, that's what the executives, that's what the manager, that's what the coaching staff are basing their decisions on. So I think that's where it applies a little bit more than necessarily where, where we're at. There are times where, you know, strike rate or, you know, um, swing rate, stuff like that, that yeah. I think is important because you can use that. This guy's going to, this guy's prone to swing and miss. He, right. he brought into the strike zone. So you use stuff like that to, uh, basically paint a broader picture if that makes sense mm -hmm. so you you don't necessarily say well this guy's swing rate is astronomical you'd say this this guy will chase a pitch so don't feel like you have to throw a strike here you know things like that on the air right. and so that's a way to use it without necessarily diving deep into the numbers and Jeff is really really good about that too I mean he is he is on top of because he, he you know he thinks like a pitcher does so he's looking at all the hitters is how do you attack these guys and he's looking at the pitchers what do they do well so and he's also looking at the hitter of how they're swinging exactly he is amazing yeah. at reading a, a hitter's swing particularly right. swing and misses or even takes um which an art form that i think that going away as far as pitchers need to read batters how they're approaching their bat more it, and cowboy simplifies it too he does for people yeah he, so. he's he's remarkable at articulating what he's seeing uh, in an analytical way. I mean, from, yeah. from as far as an analyst is concerned, that is not an easy thing to do what he does so well, certainly on the radio, because yeah. you have to be a little more succinct on the radio. And right. he, he is excellent at it. Yeah. But, but, yeah, I think that's kind of where numbers come into play there is, is we might say something without necessarily giving all the numbers that, that kind of gives you an idea of what type of a hitter a guy is. Right. So – Wade Miley's no hitter. You mentioned no hitter, correct? Yeah. I didn't hear your broadcast. Obviously, we were on the air. You were at the stadium, by the way. We, first we road not. game first. since Pittsburgh. How about that? First road. And not only that, you've got Bronson Arroyo making his debut. Yeah. 
he should have just retired after that game, by the way. Just like rode called into the yeah, sunset, just rode yeah. off like I came in here and Wade Miley <laughs> threw a no hitter. And a guy that I mean, Wade Miley's a lefty, but he's a crafty pitcher, just like Arroyo. It was like mm-hmm. the the stars aligned. It, it was wild. But you getting back to the original question, some people, you know, they talk about this jinx. You can't say no hitter because he's going to give it up if you say no hitter. Which I don't believe in jinxes. If I believe in one jinx. What's that one? Never say a game was going quickly. <laughs> See, that's that's pretty much universal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even believe in that one. Yeah. I don't believe it. I don't think anything that anything we say on the third level of the stadium has any effect on one of the hardest games in the world going on down there. No, not that. No, I would agree with that. Yeah. But and it but don't it, anger the baseball gods. Don't get them all fired up by saying, oh, this game's moving along. Whap! <laughs> Next guy can't throw strikes yeah, for eight batters. For the ten times you say this game's moving along, the one time that that happens, I, I just – Well, I typically you – anyway, we'll get into that later yeah. if you want. But um, Back to your question. But, you you know, you've got to inform the viewers. Now, listen, if it's good enough for Marty – What's his last name? Uh, Brenham, Bren, Brennahan. Brennahan. Marty Brennahan. Brennahan. Yeah, if it's good enough for Marty Brennahan, Ernie Harwell, Vin Scully used to say no hitter all the time because they feel like they have to inform the listener or the viewer, and particularly those that, you know, you don't watch the whole game. You're tuning in. You've got to know what happened if you're dancing around it. So you said no hitter, correct? Yes. yes. And I would say, I, I mean, I was saying he was. Tommy throw, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. I'm trying to think he was. I think the error came in the sixth inning. So I think he was perfect through five. Yeah. And we had said he was perfect through five. So, yeah, you have to because there's – I mean, there's a million reasons. But first and foremost, if somebody's tuning in and all of a sudden you're you're telling him, hey, this guy's got a perfect game through five innings, oh, well, I better stick around. You know, I'm not going to turn this off. And Or maybe they want to run inside and and turn it on the TV. And and so, yeah, you want to – People have to know what's going on, so that's your that's your obligation. That's what you do. So you said it several times, and this oh, by the way, Wade Miley did throw a no hitter. Yeah, he so did. It it. Didn't yeah. jinx it. it. It's amazing how that works out yeah. that way. Uh, we'll get it on the TV side. Where you know, obviously, we're putting up stat after stat because it's a visual medium, and you can put up a graphic, and it'll be like you know he hasn't struck out in twenty two at bat or whatever, however many at bats, and then he strikes out. Oh. If you wouldn't have put up that graphic, well, you wouldn't have struck out. Like, uh, how about the 80 other times that we put it up and it didn't happen? Anyways, you can tell it's a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, well, we but. We, we deal with that a lot. <laughs> yes. It happens a lot. because it's, it, But here's the thing. By the time you point something out, it's significant enough because it's rare. Yeah. And then it's it's likely to end. Whatever, that, whatever the streak is, by the time you're pointing it out, it, it's – you're pointing it out because it doesn't happen very often, which means yeah. it's probably going to end soon, which right. is why it usually ends shortly after we point it out. Whatever the streak may be, whether it's a streak, whatever trend it is, you know, it's just that's just the way it goes. That's the law of averages would tell you that. But right. we get blamed for it because we pointed it out. <laughs> get blamed for a lot. It's such a subjective business. It's like you – there's going to be people that can't stand you and – People that love you, and then the real barometer is the people in the middle that tolerate you, that don't <laughs> notice you, that are 
sometimes entertained by you. Um, so it's so subjective. And you got to have some thick skin, man. Yeah. Especially with social media. Oh, there's no question. And, and I think that's, that's um, part of it. That's why you just have to be yourself. You can't be anybody else. You just yeah. have to be yourself and, and hope that people like you. And and hope that the majority do. You, you, our job is to serve the fans. I mean, that's what we're there yeah. to do: entertain the fans and and keep them up to date and entertained by their team and connect them to the their team. And um, so, yeah, I think you just do the best job that you can, and 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 hopefully that comes through that you you enjoy what you do. And I think most people really have an appreciation when they turn a game on and it sounds like whoever they're listening to is happy to be there and really enjoying it yes. and having fun. No doubt. I, I always say, if you sound like you're having fun, the people at home watching or listening are going to have fun right there with you. Yeah. Well, they allow you guys to have fun on the radio side, which is good. There are yeah. some team broadcasts that don't like you goofing around and which that would not do well there. That actually drives me crazy <laughs> because it's three and four hours a night and, it, you know, if you're just 2-1 pitch, you know, and there's no human side of it or there's no personality or there's no stories or there's no laughing. It's just why? Why wouldn't no, you I, want that? I, I agree wholeheartedly. And and you're right. I think that it works in some markets. It, it, it doesn't in others. Fortunately, this is a market. I think the Midwest market, period. And the, the Midwest likes – that yeah you know well some and, i mean we get we'll get into some banter and we'll start goofing around about a story and i'll inevitably get some social media post or whatever hey there's a game going on yeah oh yeah. we know we know <laughs> there's a game going on and, and, and I, it was literally like a bit like two minutes out of three right hours three hours, sure yeah, yeah. it's well, like two minutes and i think there's a time and a place too that that's what has to be measured you know it's it's all right if the game's close Oh, no, no something, doubt. You know, no you doubt. might have a, a, something a high funny happen. situation, yeah. seventh, eighth Lock inning. In. You're not telling goofy stories. You're locked in on the game. It's five nothing in the eighth. Right. I think you can you can go off the rails a little bit. <laughs> Just a little, a bit. little bit. The farther, the, the, the bigger the run differential, the farther off track you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I would uh, – I haven't interviewed many people that came, at least lately, came up through the ranks through the minor leagues, which is a whole different – a whole different animal i never had to do it i was just because of what i do not a, not a play-by-play guy yeah i told that, you you should go spend a week down there ride the buses maybe a month you get a really good feel for i, I wouldn't a get a good feel in the a week i would a month would no i don't want to do that <laughs> i don't want to do that be good you but, could but follow here's it the along. question chronicle it when uh you go on the team charter it is ridiculously nice because it's Big plane. It's only the Reds team. They you get on a bus at the stadium. They take you right to the stairs. Don't don't even go in the airport. Take you right to the stairs of the plane. You go on the plane. That first get, time I was like, is the bus going to hit the wing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. You get off the plane in the city. There's a bus waiting for you. Bus takes you to the door of the hotel. They give you a key to the hotel. You go in, and it's a nice hotel. There's food served on there. Snacks everywhere. Snacks everywhere. You don't have to do the normal TSA type things. It's ridiculously nice. It spoils you. The first time you got on that plane, 
did you think back to all those bus rides in the minor leagues and think, wow, this is ridiculously nice? Yeah. I, I mean, I, talk about feeling out of place. Like, you don't want to. Yeah. I, I, I was, Hold on, we got a menu? <laughs> what is, I can, or, what is this? Any of this? Is this, is it? Is it a bad look to order off this or like, am I supposed to give me it all? Um, yeah, yeah, no, it was, um, I was, I was really nervous that those are the types of things, you know, when you're, when you're broadcasting a game, that's what you've always done. So that's, I'm probably more comfortable doing that than being around a big league team and being on the team charter. Like that was, that was very, I I felt very out of place during that because you do, there's so many things especially if you're like me and you overthink every little detail that you don't need to. Yeah. Uh, where do I sit? How do I sit? Do I need to buckle my seatbelt? When are they going to go through the, the, the pre-flight checklist? Oh, we're on the air. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and, and so, uh, yeah, it, it was just um, – it was all very eye-opening to me. And then, you know, you're just kind of walking on eggshells yeah. at the same time. So it took me a little while before I finally got comfortable being on a team charter. And, and now then, when you go commercially, you're like, I got to stand in line. Wait, what? what? Is, what? I have to get my bag checked. Yeah, what? What's going on? You're going to weigh it? Yeah, it's, it, you get uh, ridiculously spoiled. Yeah, you do. But, but you're right. It took a while to get comfortable. And that, once I got comfortable, then it was a little easier to go back and think, oh, that, that was a long flight, five hours. Oh, that's we're only half. halfway to Knoxville by now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What were some of the longest bus rides? What? I did. Uh, well, this is this goes back to college. We did. Um, we would do a spring trip with the college baseball team every year, and I traveled. I traveled. I did not play baseball, uh, but I did their broadcast and traveled with the. We had a spring trip every year. One year we went to Savannah from Maryville, Missouri to Savannah, Georgia. Oh, it's like 20 hours. Okay, I don't want to do a month in the minor leagues. And then we did another one. I think it was my last year. We went to Pensacola from Maryville on a bus. You take two buses, and it's it, brutal. And But the it's, buses are packed. It's not a sleeper bus. There's no. no, it's no just this is a, Division two college baseball. <laughs> no. no. You're just hoping the thing runs the whole way there. Um, uh, no, I, but once I got into the minor leagues, when I was in indie ball, we would bus from Kansas city up to Winnipeg up in Canada. That was about 10 hours. Winter peg. One of the Winter. coldest places I've ever been. Yeah. It's yeah. It was nice. Cause it was summertime. And by the time the season started, it was warm yeah. pretty much everywhere. But our short, here's the, the best part. That league, the shortest trip was like eight hours. Gosh. Yeah, I, I'm not good with long car rides. By the time I was done in that league, uh, the league had changed so much that I think like the Chicago area was the closest <laughs> from Kansas City. It makes you appreciate where you are that, today, you're my friend. Not kidding. But by the way, where we are now, we are up against the clock here, folks, because Tommy has to do the pregame radio show with David Bell. And I imagine if you said, uh, "Sorry, David, I." I and Red's Radio Network. I can't do that today because I'm doing a podcast. Well, Jim if I Day's said, podcast. Now, if I said Jim Day's podcast, <laughs> no, it would be understood. I don't think so. But if I said no. a podcast, then we'd. No, talk. I don't think so. I think it would actually be, be worse for you if you said I was doing <laughs> the Jim Day podcast. I'm sorry I couldn't do the manager's show. But you're up against it here. So 
because they changed the time and made it earlier just to spite me. Right. Uh, it was all against me. So we're going to have to have you back because we, and I've said this before on this podcast, we barely scratched the surface here with you, Tommy Thrall. And you, you didn't fully answer the question, who is Tommy Thrall? So I want you to think about that for months well, and months. And when we have you back, you'll be able to give the answer. Who is Tommy Thrall? See, this is you scraping the bottom of the barrel. That's that it sludge at the bottom of the barrel. No, I just had to make sure that they didn't can you first before I had you on. It's good, you that, know, you, it's good that you did it when you, you did know, that. You the guy following the legend thing. I had to make sure that they didn't can you. No, I say that and I'll jinx myself. Uh, I'll be right. selling cars next year. Oh, uh, man. But No, we'll, we'll have to have you back since you are now the Voice of the Reds. I'll put it out there. You're the voice of the Reds. Oh, that's very that's, kind of That's you, what yeah. it is, and you've got some pipes. If I could borrow those pipes sometime, I might have gone farther in my career, but we will I think, turn I think you you've loose. you've done quite well. Yeah. Uh, I'm hanging in there. I've survived high-definition television, 4K TVs. I'm still hanging in there. They put this ugly mug on TV. It's unbelievable. What a country. Yeah, you get to be on the bright lights. They hide me away. Oh, we're wearing flip flops. I'm telling you what. Shorts. I'm like less light on me, better for the viewers. <laughs> they like put all this light on. Like, no, 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 no. Like silhouette would be best for me. <laughs> Just this big head and a voice. That's all they need. But I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Lots thanks. of luck to you and the cowboy. Appreciate um, that. Keep cowboy in line. And I'll no. send you a postcard from San Diego. Oh my gosh. Maybe I'll take a picture. You know, just beach. hold on. Let me turn around. Just stick the stiletto in my back. <laughs> Next road trip involves San Diego, and there's actually an off day on the TV side. And you get to go to San Diego, my favorite spot. And I don't. You know, that's very cruel of you. I know. That maybe was, we won't. That was mean. That maybe was... we won't have you back. <laughs> it's been great having Tommy Thrall for this <laughs> one and only time, folks. One and only. One and done. <laughs> I enjoyed and, it. Thanks, enjoy man. San Diego. Will do. Certainly will. I would not wish you any ill will or no good times in San Diego, but enjoy. God, you're killing me. That is Tommy Thrall, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Jim Day Podcast. We'll see you on down the line, everyone. And again, thank you for hanging out with us. See ya.